0: Hey, my name is Melissa Bedin, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast-track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, i found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to pause impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we are all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look out a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission no more of a calling inside of us but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us but others as well as i teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today i am inviting you into this time as a friend having a coffee chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical now i want you to know that you are welcome to the mom ben media and i'm grateful you're here Hello everyone. It is Melissa here and I have a special guest. It is Nicole Sewell. Oh, I almost did it again. Uh, Sewell. And she is actually here with sharing some of her expertise and just giving us some value, but a little bit about her. She is an attorney and a life strategist, a mom, a wife, a golden retriever lady, an avid traveler, outdoor enthusiast, entrepreneur, and savvy consumer. She's a juggler and a doer and she does life well. Nicole cares deeply about the future of the planet and raising her three boys with compassion and curiosity, being kind, learning constantly, and doing the best she can with the information that she has at the time, and then improving the information when it comes to light. So I just want to say a special
1: thank you for joining us here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share our good tips and tricks with your community. I'm so grateful. And so you talked to about
0: being from Pennsylvania, having a degree in like from Cornell University and the University of Pennsylvania and doing all of that. That's, that's a huge background. That's a huge bonus on your end and what you bring to the table in, in your career. Would you want to share currently what your past experiences were and what you've pivoted to today? Cause I find it so amazing
1: what everybody's entrepreneurial journey has kind of led them to today, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. I'd be happy to. And especially when we talk to moms, I think it's so important to share our paths because they're generally really curvy and not linear. And when we hear other people's, we actually see a lot more potential than we can see in ourselves. Um, So I am actually originally from New York. And so East Coast girl and went to school upstate New York and then got my law degree in Pennsylvania. So, um, but from there, I actually found my first position and worked in a big law firm out here in Colorado where I am now in outside of Denver. And from there actually pivoted into a high uh, tech company into the automation and business development because I found that that's where my passion was. I so enjoyed the art of the deal and could kind of mix the, wor- the kind of fast moving business world with the requirements of the legal world so that the deal would hold. And I worked up to a few hours before I had my first son. Uh, He arrived three plus weeks early at nearly eight pounds. So it was probably good that he did arrive early, Uh, but he was quite the surprise. And within uh, two and a half more years, I had two more boys. So I went from full-time achiever, you know, working, 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 to momming and trying to work. And it became kind of a wild mix. And through that, um, I found that, being the primary caregiver was a real passion of mine while still not losing myself to the mix of raising family and all the different roles we women play as community members, wives, daughters, um, caretakers, was that I could do some consulting. So over the years, I've done tons of different consulting projects. And one of them that got real exciting is I ran some summits for women mixing work and family called Women in the Mix and the whole idea that we're not you know we're not scales it's not a balancing act it's a beautiful chaotic mix and you know what are the best of tips and tricks that we can do to really enjoy the ride as opposed to looking out on the other end to be like okay i'll get back to myself someday I'm really dedicated to the concept of not losing ourselves in that mix
0: that's Such an important message that, yes, I don't even think it's just moms, though, but women in general, like we put ourselves to such a high standard of running a house, running a business, running a family and like all these things where my husband doesn't get asked half the questions I do where it's like, who's watching the kids? Nobody asks the guys this. And so kudos for bringing that up and just bringing that awareness, but also following like you had said all those different waves, instead of looking at a linear aspect of where everything needs to go. Cause it is a pivot and just mm-hmm. following your passions in that. I love that. And I love that you started from like the lawyer end to automation. Like that is quite <laughs> the pivot itself. And so women in the mix, I think that's phenomenal. I'm all about women's empowerment and just giving that value to so you and I align in that. But a lot of times people I find stumble in finding themselves. And so it's really empowering to see you just, really shine in that. Like, I'm really, I'm really grateful. You show up in that energy and and you present yourself for that because that is something that's not always common in, in our field. And so that's amazing. So, um, I would like to talk about, you know, what do you find the most valuable thing? I, I agree with you that there's a lot of different assets to importance, but time is the most valuable asset. And I would like to know what your thoughts on are about talking about time
1: oh wonderful i'm so glad we have this platform because without a doubt time is our most precious resource people oftentimes think it's money but it actually is time your time is money so what you choose to do with your time is a direct outcome of your life satisfaction of your ability to get things done of your money of what you do with it so when we back it up we always say that life takes active management we have to be active participants we have to as you said earlier pivot when it's required those that are adaptable are generally the have the highest life satisfaction so time is generally misunderstood we as humans tend to live patterns we wake up generally at the same time we do the same kind of morning routine we do work in the same way we kind of go through weeks and they can look very much the same especially right now living in COVID. right where we don't leave our homes as much as we used to and we don't have different places But there's this beautiful uh, science-backed research that actually supports that not only when we think of biological clocks, oftentimes people associate your biological clock with having babies, but every human has a biological clock that has a lot more complexity to it than Um, about child rearing. It actually has a lot of complexity to our natural circadian rhythms and where we have energy in the day and where we fall in energy, where our focus is, where our creativity is, where our best chances for collaboration like you and I are doing right now. And if we do a little bit of learning, we can get so much out on the other end. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to just explain a little bit of how that works. And I've shared a handout that you can share with the viewers later and they can figure out their their exact clock and start, you know, creating their own personalized time plan. So for most people, you have a peak trough and recovery zone of energy and focus. So what does that mean? In your peak, that is where we are most on in our executive functions, where we are the most focused, where we can just with that feeling, we're like, I'm firing on all cylinders, right? All things are happening. I am going to take over the world. We all know that energy. And then we know that energy where um, we make more mistakes. We just can't get it done. We feel like we're pushing a giant boulder uphill in 10 inches of snow on a freezing cold day. Like, it just feels so hard. And um, or we're slumpy or someone in a meeting calls upon us and we're just like, hmm, and there's a reason for that but there's actually a wonderful thing that can happen in that time and that is not our time to do our high executive function our high focus um activities or balancing our quick books or you know whatever it is those are not great times and then um people will have this kind of sweet spot in the middle we call recovery and this is all based on a wonderful body of research that's in a book called when um, by Daniel Pink, if anybody really wants to dive in uh, and you can get more of it. But he has a wonderful sense of humor in the way he tells you these things. But in this recovery, you're actually your executive functions on and your creativity and collaborations on. So your energy and focus are kind of in this mid place, maybe not in the high, but oftentimes when you're in the mid place, it's a wonderful time for social activities as well. So based upon what your natural rhythms are, you can find if you're, a uh, you know, the common early bird, where your peak energy starts real early, your trough energy comes kind of uh, mid to late morning into afternoon, and then you recover in the evenings. And then there's the majority of populations that is a little later than that. And then we have those fancy night owls, right? Which we think about as teenagers, um, just those program that really come alive as the sun goes down, their circuits come flying on.
0: That's fascinating. So a quick question on that. Like I was a night owl and through COVID I actually had to pivot and I decided to become a morning person. Do you find that that's actually something that's very feasible? Like just out of curiosity to actually switch your preference of time, like
1: your body's clock shifts and all of those different things. So I think we have natural rhythms that do change actually with age. So as I mentioned earlier, the teenagers, um, little kids tend to be really morning birds as you'll notice to bed early up early, right? teenagers actually tend to be late at night and can hardly get up in the morning. Right. And there's exceptions around all that. I'm just grouping for you. Um, and elderly people, older people tend to re- revert back to um, after 50 or 60, they tend to revert back to earlier to bed. Um, and I'm not calling people in their fifties and sixties elderly. Because I'm so <laughs> and close. What I meant like that is the older you get, the more morning birds you get. Um, there are some, the body of research shares that women tend to be more, Um, morning bird, men tend to be more, uh, night owl earlier on as they get to their fifties and sixties, the gender differences don't make any difference. Um, people born in the winter tend to be more morning bird and people born in the summer tend to be more owly. So I'd ask you when you were born, but there's a point in life where just the demands of our schedules and, um, changing bedtimes, changing wake up times, like any good habit, you can change that. I can tell you as we launch into this, nobody's peak time is in the afternoon. So, whether you're a morning bird or a night owl, you're still going to have a trough in the afternoon, uh, but you can change where that peak is, whether it's at night or it's in the morning. I think that's
0: fascinating. I love that you shared that. And I'm definitely going to check out that book. And you had said it was when, correct? When? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely. I'm a bookie. I love Audible for all of that. And I love the humor that you would kind of amplified into that. And everything you shared is really fascinating for me because I do feel like we can change our patterns. And by the way, I was born in the winter in December. So I am a morning person. I used to be like the teenager that woke up really, really early, really nice. And then when I went sole proprietor, I was like, why would I do that to myself when I work at home? I could sleep (laughs) in. So then I kind of shifted into that lazier mindset, which wasn't as efficient, guys. So like maybe don't do that. And now with COVID, I'm like, okay, kids are literally climbing on me. I need to like actually be productive and that only happens when they're still sleeping. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things where I've learned to shift myself, but yeah, for, for everybody, I think that's so fascinating how you were talking about the peak times and troughs. Now I know diet plays into that too, for energy and, and everything too. I didn't realize how much sugar really hit me at that, like 2 PM crash wall. And it depended on like how much carbs I had. And like, I, I really had to learn that too. So I'm sure that there's lots of other factors that play into that, but I love everything you're sharing. Cause it's actually actually something I'm not familiar on. So, I'm going to be looking at that, you know, PDF and opt-in that you had shared with us and I'll be sharing the link with everybody who's listening. It's it's amazing. So, next question is, now that I understand that we don't experience a day in the same way, how can I find my personal chronotype?
1: So, on that uh, handout that you'll be sharing, there's a little calculation you can do. So, it's real simple actually. What you want to do is what would be your natural bedtime? if you had a choice, if you didn't have to stay up for something or you didn't have to go to sleep because you had to get up early the next day, what would be your choice of bedtime? And then what would you naturally sleep? Are you an eight-hour-a-night gal? Are you a a seven-hour-a-night gal? Are you a a 10-hour-a-night girl? Like, you know, what does your body naturally need? And so what I want people to do is kind of explore, what's my natural bedtime? So I'm going to use real easy numbers so that we can figure it out. And there's an example um, on the the exercise for them to calculate it. But let's say you naturally chose to go to bed at 10 PM and you would naturally wake up at 8 AM. So there's 10 hours. That's a nice, you know, restorative sleep, right? You would calculate your um, natural midpoint as the space between those two. So it's a 10 hour sleep. So half of 10 is five. And you could just subtract five back from eight in the morning. So your midpoint would be 3 AM. And under 3 a.m., you would be in that fine line. And that's on the sheet for everybody, which shows, you know, if you wake up at 3 a.m., am I an early bird? Am I a um, regular or am I a night owl? I'll tell you right now, you're not a night owl if you choose to go. But everybody should sort of figure that out. And then it tells you which chronotype you fall in. And then it tells you on the sheet as well, um, how to how where's your peak trough and Uh, recovery zones and if you'd like me to cover that real quick I could just give a few examples
0: absolutely that'd
1: be amazing so for example let's say the majority of the population is just a regular bird right which is about 60% of the population meaning they tend to wake up on the earlier side not early they need a little time to ramp up their energy meaning they don't pop out of the bed and they embrace the world without a coffee I pop out of the bed, shockingly, and embrace the world without a coffee, but my husband does not. So we don't engage in a lot of conversation <laughs> until you know the air has kind of warmed up. Um, but I get up and my hands are in everything and I'm replying and I'm doing, and I'm going, 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 because I'm immediately in my peak as an early person. As a, as a regular, you know, people are trying to need that time to ramp up. So let's just say they wake at 6.30, probably by 8.30 or so, a couple hours into the day, they're starting to fire on all cylinders that's the best time in our peak time. Um, This is on the sheet to share uh, reminders with folks. Peak time is executive function. That is the time to take care of heavy thinking, analytical projects, making decisions. This is the time actually, if you're gonna have a meeting with funding sources, uh, more favorable outcomes, because people are generally in a better mood more optimistic in the morning. If you had to go to the DMV or court for something, you want to go in the morning. Judges are, are kinder. DMV results are kinder. Um, they're more optimistic. They give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, meetings with your organization, you want to do in the morning. People are awake. Meetings can be shorter, and you can get better outcomes. Um, Other type of things, like we're talking about number oriented. If you have kids and they have a choice uh, in their schedule, encourage them to take math in the morning. Math in the afternoon is not a great idea. Um, You know, these are the kind of things, do not take, you know, people love to exercise in the morning. Exercise in the morning is great because it forms habits. So if you want to make sure you exercise every day, absolutely, I do it. Get outside or get, well, when you can go to the gym, whatever your choice of exercise is, morning is great for habits performance, the most world records, the most Olympic records are actually set in the afternoon and evening. Once muscles are warmed up, bodies are warmed up, performance is actually at a high in the afternoon, but habits are at a high in the morning. So it depends what you want out of it. Um, and if we switch and so the morning for most, for most um, the peak is about four hours. Then you'll start to feel that draining of energy coinciding people often think as you said with diet it's with lunch oh i need more calories i need more to prop me up part of that is true but part of that is just the natural circadian rhythm that you can only sustain a high so long without falling into a low Hmm. and this is why the afternoon doesn't serve anyone from an analytical executive function high um high quick moving the afternoons are fantastic for restorative and creative we actually can come up with solutions in the afternoon because we're not firing on all cylinders. We are a little more tired. We start to see the world a little bit differently. It's a fantastic time for that meditation practice that for people who are, you know, firing on all cylinders in the morning, can't come down to do it. I know a lot of, you know, you're told to meditate first thing in the morning again for habits, just because you'll make time for it. But actually it's more likely to bring you good in the afternoon because you're naturally quieter. So you naturally can find, and not even me, I get quieter in the afternoon. You can find that lower gear when we're not firing on all cylinders. We don't go down the same um, memory paths. So that's why we're able to find creative solutions because we start to see things a little bit differently. It's a wonderful time to connect with friends and family uh, because you know you're just working slower. So your social interactions are more enjoyable because you're less distracted you're not thinking you should be doing all these different things. Good time to listen to podcasts or a book, an audible, or something you needed to do for work. Great time to just kind of absorb someone else speaking to you while maybe you fold some laundry. For all the you know, folks in listening, man, woman, father, mother, just human, right? Laundry has to get done. Tidying up has to get done. You don't need full analytical abilities to do those chores. Uh, do them in the afternoon. All right, so you'll miss a spot, not that important, right? But you can get them done. Don't waste those peak hours doing cleaning activities when you could be advancing projects, um, whether for work or to help with your kids. And then lastly, we fall into the recovery zone. So sometime late afternoon, um, early evening, you get that additional kind of energy and focus that returns, I always say, for the survival of your family so that they get dinner. Uh, but helping kids with homework and, you know, replying back to emails, maybe taking some of those creative thoughts and pushing them into next steps. So that recovery is kind of that nice place in between. You can focus again, you get a spike of energy again. So recognizing your afternoon as a gift of creativity, collaboration, or even just restorative activities, instead of kind of swimming up river and you're like a salmon going up river, it's really hard instead of beating ourselves up for it, find the things that work well there, but do avoid um, meetings or like a fun fact in the book that I love. So it was, he shares that there's more mistakes in hospitals, a doctor's office, misdiagnosis, because like you're in your trough, they are too. So now I'm encouraging everybody, your most important appointments in the morning, you know, use that afternoon for more creative and restorative activity. I think that was like the biggest takeaway for me when you were talking about like people being kinder,
0: more open, forgiving everything. Cause I'm like, yeah, even through like the homeschooling experience with my kids, you're, you're a hundred percent right. There's, there's a peak after in the afternoon where I'm like, you guys have to go to your room and like, go calm down or like collect yourself because they're mean like they're getting mean and mm-hmm. I think I am short-tempered too in that so that's amazing to just have that awareness and understand your executive time your creative time and your restorative like your recovery and, and everything so I think that's that's such a great breakdown and such a great gift that you share with your audience and thank you for sharing it with ours here too because the, there's so many like mind moments where I'm like yes just even planning and mapping everything out because like for those of you who can't see, she's got post-its all over behind her on a whiteboard. I actually legitimately have OCD. So I have papers all over my desks and I have everything organized. And then there's like notes and all these things. And just knowing when to organize schedule and actually set myself in for those times, that is, that is going to be a game changer for me. So already huge. Thank you for that tip. Thank you, Nicole. Um, so the other thing too, is I would really love to know what are some of your favorite productivity tools and what do you use with like understanding your energy and your focus highs and everything in that
1: in that field so i'm so glad you asked so we often hear productivity gurus who are so well-meaning who will say like oh you have to get this app or you need to get this planner or something like that right and there are wonderful productivity tools out there and again one size does not fit all but you have a much bigger chance of success with anything that you bring into your life complimentary or subscription or whatnot if you understand how you work so that you can use the tool for you, so I'm not going to plug a particular tool for everyone today. Instead, I will just plug that learn to time block. And what I mean by that is use your blocks of peak analytical, you know, trough energy for a creative, restorative, and then recovery. Block those with your to-do list. What we need to do is whether you keep a paper to-do list or an online to-do list or you keep a paper calendar or an online, whatever it is, right, is marry those two. What what I mean by that is now that you know when you're functioning as best as you can for the type of activity you're trying to get done, you now need to take your to-do list and block it into your calendar so that you've made time to do that, meaning that if I... I have a big report to do, or if I'm creating a new course, the afternoon is not the time to do that. The morning is. And so go ahead and block, you know, and I'm a big fan of never blocking more than 45 minute segments. So you can block two 45 minute segments with a 10 minute break, but just like my Apple Watch will tell me to get up and move around. I need to stand every hour. The brain needs a break too, because you'll see you continue to neuroscience supports that we can, we'll be like, I'm looking at this fresh, but you actually can't. If you're still in the same position in the same place, but you can't, you go down the same path. So I want everyone to think about blocking in 45 minute increments with 15 minutes or 10 minutes in every hour that allows you to get outside and get a breath of air or switch activity, move, um, check your phone, whatever it is you need to do, and then go back. So if you're like, I need to work all morning on this project, 45 minutes, 15 minutes off, 45 minutes, 15 minutes off, 45 minutes, 15 minutes off. Then the afternoon comes. And in the afternoon, you left time for social, creative, restorative, going out for a walk and getting outside. The evening, you pulled back, oh, I need to respond to those emails. I need to take care of paying these bills, whatever it is that you need to do, but remember to block so block your calendar along with your time zones you know where are your zones for the best results for the type of activity that's
0: perfect and everything you're saying it's newer to me in like this season and this year because i'm I'm actually setting more intention-based focused and you're 100 right i don't know if you've read the book by brennan Burchard, but like high performance habits and his stuff he, he literally says exactly what you've said really? and agree. it is literally like he learned from Tony Robbins and now I'm just like, Oh, so this is a thing. Like it's, it's not just OCD, but like to put it in your calendar takes it one step next. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I actually thought my Apple watch was really annoying. And then I started to realize I was actually way more productive. I was energetically healthier. My mental capacity was in a better, higher peak. And so there is something to this guys, like there is a science to it. And so absolutely. I, I really appreciate you said that. And yeah, like, I love that you're bringing an awareness to the organizational aspects and the benefits of it. And even just stating like your afternoon then becomes free for creative time and just self-care. I think that that's so crucial. A lot of people burn out from this environment as an entrepreneur and, and even a motherhood without gifting themselves that opportunity. So that's huge. So thank you. Now, um, a couple different things is how can I beat procrastination for anybody who's in this field, in this season, going through you know crisis homeschooling or whatever, how can I beat procrastination and get more organized i
1: would love to hear your thoughts so oftentimes people will say oh i procrastinate because i just don't like it but (laughs) the truth is most of us procrastinate because we just don't understand it we don't understand what um, has to get done to remove this item from our to-do list so it kind of sits on our shoulder and it creates stress and um, we write it from day to day or we move it in our calendar from week to week And we stare at the pile on our desk and we're like, oh, it's never going to go away. So the number one procrastination buster I have for everyone, and I promise you, it is tried and tested. As much energy as I have and as much as a doer as I am, I procrastinate as well. And is to come up with two steps, just two. You don't have to know the finish line. The first two steps that you must take in order to move the item slightly forward. So what do I mean by that? I'll give you an example. My oldest child had a sports injury earlier this year, and uh, I, we have an accident policy because we have a really high deductible policy, and it would fall under the accident policy. But I can't submit the accident. I have to do it. The, um, the medical providers don't do it, right? And so it's almost like a, a co-insurance. You have to do all the work yourself so you know i'm like what's involved in that so i have to print off the form i had to talk to someone there and then i had to start collecting everything and it just sat on my desk and i couldn't submit it till i had all the documentation and medical providers aren't quick to get that to you to begin with but then also with COVID, everything was so delayed and it just sat on a corner of my desk and every time i looked at it my blood pressure would go up and like oh and finally i actually sat down i read the requirements carefully and i went logged on to my a healthcare account, I printed off all the explanation of benefits. That was step one. Step two, I'm like, I need to call them and get bills. I was waiting for them to send the bills to me. But once I called them, they were actually able to send the bills right away. Got those. And um, step three was I needed an operative report. I'm like, oh, I just need to call and ask them for the operative report. They emailed it to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it just seemed like this big amorphous beast. And I just kept saying, oh, it's on my list. I just kept writing it day after day on my to-do list. But until I actually looked at it to break it down into the steps that I needed to take to get it done, I can't get it done. So we procrastinate not around things that we don't necessarily like. I'm not saying I love to submit insurance claims. Nobody does. But we procrastinate around things that we don't understand how to move it away from us. So it kind of just hangs around in this negative way. So big or small, the same with our kids. Our kids procrastinate around school assignments that they don't really understand. So oftentimes we think it's because we don't like it. Things we like tend to be a result because they come easily. Oh, if I look at the assignment and I know how to do it, then I decide I like it and I do it. You know, if I'm good at math, I just do it. The English paper I have to write is long. Oh no. So what I want everybody to do is write two steps. You don't have to get to the finish line. You just need to make progress. Once we progress, the next step, step is like, as you said, Tony Robbins will tell you action begets action. Take one action and then the next action gets clearer. Take two actions and the next action gets clearer. And you're in, you know, a of progress. You're moving the ball forward constantly. So everybody who's got those things on their list, when, the best thing I could do for you today is that you're going to, Stop listening to this when you're done, and you're going to take one step. You're going to be like, all right, I need to make that call. I need to send that email. I need to ask that question. I need to print off that document. Whatever it is, just move it one step, and you'll see suddenly it's not such a big, ugly beast. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. I know like I've taken a couple of different trainings in,
0: in a variety of different things because I'm kind of a forever student and a bit of a geek. And exactly what you just said is shared even in writing a book, people all have like a book or a story inside them, right? And then they think about it and they're like, that's too much. I'll never do it. But in reality, if you were to just sit and mind map a topic or a passion, and then amongst that you create these little bubbles of different fields that go in alignment with that topic or passion, those would be chapters. And then from in that chapters, then you do little riff points and then from there you've actually created a model for your book and like what that would look like and then from there you do the framework and then from there you then have an editor and and it just it's step by step but when you say write a book it's just overwhelming and everybody kind of shuts down and so you know incremental small steps are just key to everything that's so perfect i'm enjoying you my ocd is really loving you i'm just saying right now so I would love to know when you first wanted to start your business, like what did that look
1: like for you? What did, what did it kind of start as for becoming an entrepreneur? So as I shared earlier, I started off working for other people, which uh, other big companies, and that was great. But when I mixed family in, um, when my sons came along, it made a lot more sense from flexibility. And my time as kind of we started is my most precious resource. And I wanted the flexibility to be able – to be the primary caregiver. But the reality is that I also needed to be a contributing breadwinner in my family. And what did that look like? And so that is where entrepreneurship kind of started with consulting. And then from consulting, actually, I was like, wait, peep, there's a real drive for this. I can create my own business as opposed to just being responsive. I can be proactive and still be able to do that around raising my boys and my boys are teenagers now so i'd say it kind of work. they survive you know it's in, it's imperfect and it's chaotic i always refer to refer to it as a beautiful chaos and you know some days are better than others or some moments are better than others and um i love kind of always thinking and improving, as you read earlier in my bio. So I love to kind of integrate. I think life really works when we integrate our different roles. We as women, whether it includes the role of motherhood, you oftentimes includes the role of partner and daughter and maybe granddaughter and community member. And we have so many different roles that we oftentimes can lose ourselves. And if we integrate those roles, instead of thinking, I have to delegate so much time to this, so much time to this, so much time to that, is that it seemed to work you know I'd be I'd never missed a game I could be on the sidelines that doesn't mean I saw every point my head was off and down responding to a client um you know but we as a you know as a community they would say hey look up Mac just scored about oh (laughs) right you just make the best and they want you to be there you know so it worked for me so my entrepreneurial journey was curvy like anything else and imperfect like um my whole life story but uh you know good overall i would say it's good and for that i'm very very fortunate very grateful but also realized it took a lot of effort to get to that place and um and even now as an entrepreneur i was an entrepreneur mostly in person so i'm trying to grow this you know or learning learning what this new online world is or and it's a lot of different things. And I'm sure I'm misstepping, but I'm just going to keep trying and I'm sure what it looks like a year from now. I'm confident in that I'll just keep putting efforts in. So for a year, or a year from now, it will have um, grown into something beautiful, along with so many other folks who are putting themselves out there. Right. We have to same with procrastination. We have to take the first step. So a step every day is a step closer.
0: I couldn't agree more, and I love the fact that you you talk about a tribe, as a lot of times people think that they have to go at it alone. But just to have that support and just know that imperfectly leading is still perfect. Like my kids right now are totally watching some like Disney Learning Channel because that's my version of like science homeschooling. They're toddlers, but I'm like, okay, mom's disappearing. You've had a peanut butter sandwich. Peace out for like an hour. I can hear you, but I don't want to hear you. Be quiet. And they just look at me and they're like, okay. <laughs> and if you were to you know think a year ago that this is how i would be in the middle of a work week it does not sound you know perfect but the fact is is we adapt and as moms you're able to create that reality and do that for your sons and do that for yourself and build that opportunity and that's that's what i want the listeners to know is it won't always be perfect ladies it won't always look amazing it won't always feel great either because there's going to be moments where we actually put a lot of heaviness on our chest but you don't need to like we've all been there and it's just really showing up authentically and sharing in that, not, not holding like that compete, compare. We remove judgment here. And so I'm grateful that you're sharing that truth because a lot of times people don't admit that. They don't admit the imperfect show ups and, and what that looks like. And so I, I love that. So I would love to know what is your biggest driver within your entrepreneurial journey? We
1: have one beautiful, chaotic life to live. And I think we do it better when we share our tips and tricks and our special, you know, special sauce to life. And that became my passion. I wouldn't say that I was one of those people who could say had one driving passion, you know, almost envious of the Steve Jobs kind of one lane. He knew what he was meant to do. And I think a lot of us struggle to um, identify that. And when I realized that, you know, one of my superpowers was actually supporting others to live their dreams and help them take dreams and make them goals right you know what's the difference between a dream and a goal a dream is a wish and a goal is actually you know it's got it's got steps along the way to get you there and when I realized that I could help others to do that because of my natural inclination to pivot and be adaptable and see around corners and just always take action consistently um, That, I was like, maybe that's my driving passion, and I love it, and we, you'll recognize that. I think it took us a journey to get there. I've done a lot of different things along the way, but this life strategy work um, has been so fantastic. Because people have been so attracted because I've been able to give results and that feeds me and makes me want to do more. So, you know, whether that work is in my home to help, you know, my family live a good life filled with gratitude and opportunity or to do that for clients, whether individuals or, you know, teams that are trying to work the best they can together to come to a common goal. And a family is that. A family is a team working together that has individual and common goals in there. So working in ways to how we use time, um, how we use communication skills, how we use our motivational assessments, all of those things to get the best possible outcomes is what drives me um, from the minute I wake up till I close my little eyes close to 10 o'clock. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I love that you even admit your bedtime in there. And that's perfect. I I 100% agree, though, when you can see the results and the transformation that you can give your clients, it is a a motivational force and factor in in the driving business aspects, too. So that's, that's amazing. Now, I would love to know what kind of has held you back in the past, like, a lot of people have these internal objections, or these limiting beliefs, or a block that they've carried. And it could be something that's happened to them, been said to them, it could be something that they've subconsciously just taken on. So I'd love to to kind of know that because a lot of times our listeners, they have that too, but they're just not aware that that's something that they've allowed to hold them back. And it almost gives them permission to know that you've been able to overcome it.
1: So if you don't mind sharing. Oh, absolutely. The first one I think would come to mind and I think many, a woman and and mom would, would refer to this is that once you hit a certain point, so, you know, I was the professional, then I was the mom, right? Is this it? Right, that was my chance, I didn't become that beforehand. Um, Do I have another chapter? And I wanna say that absolutely, not only do you have another chapter, you probably have three or four. You know, given life expectancies, um, that if we're gonna live to be 90 or 100, that a woman alive today uh, will, has over a 70% chance to live into her 90s. Right, that's a lot of chapters ahead. And to think that we can't pivot and we can't start fresh or just change direction even a little bit um, and keep adding. So I think that was the first thing is when my kids were growing a bit older and they were growing more independent. I was like, well, am I is this it Well, this must be it. I must be done. Um, I'm going to be this for the rest of my life. And I realized I was didn't need to be and I could continue to grow with my passions and the clarity. And so that has probably been my biggest aha moment is that it, I was almost blind to the idea that I was limiting myself. That society wasn't. I was just putting certain expectations on myself to limit. And when I let those go, it was so freeing and all these opportunities started coming. So, you know, I think it's very important as a human, not just a woman, to realize that we have a lot of different chapters in ourselves that build on one another and that we should be open to you know what that may be and then I would say from a very practical point of view I would say that the whole technology world is overwhelming to me and I was like oh can I learn this but here I am learning little bits making mistakes along the way so if that's part of your next chapter yes you can because if I can you know you know I wouldn't say that I'm not an intelligent being but anyone can you know you'll make expect to make little mistakes or big mistakes but you'll recover from them as long as you keep trying that is so true and i love that you just openly
0: admit about technology and stuff too because a lot of people do make that the hang up mm-hmm. and instead looking at it as those small incremental steps like how you had explained you know the working through the insurance you know and just allowing that to kind of set up a lot of times it's one hang up that holds them up from their ultimate goals so that's perfect now i always love to ask everybody that comes in as a guest what would you give to some like what advice would you give to somebody who's starting on their journey like starting fresh what do you think would be the biggest, you know, opportunity for them to really have a
1: takeaway here for them? I would marry the concepts we've been through today. So one, I would get clear on, you know, what it is you want to do, something small to start with. I would start small, one finite project um, that you can start with and then use your time, right, to help promote that along as quickly as possible so that you get some wins, so that you get some progress, um, so that you keep at it. And then as you said something earlier to me is, don't go too far down the path without seeing where your audience is so that you can pivot and not be too discouraged because you know we all have wonderful things to give, but we don't know how they'll be received yet. And so give it a try, right? And I think that's the biggest thing I would say to an earlier version of myself right? Is you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to have A, some direction, B, good intention, which we do. And three, put your resources. And what I mean by resources, if you really need help with something, that's the stuff to pay for. And the other stuff that you can cobble together, start there. Because if you're honest, like this is my um, first go and you're enthusiastic, people will hop on the train and then give you feedback to make it better. Right. I always say, give me, you know, suggestions how you'd make it better as opposed to feeling like criticism, right? Criticism makes us feel small. Suggestions make us better. I love that. And yeah, so for those, so there was like a small conversation
0: we'd had prior to recording this and she had talked about creating some online content. And I just said, don't do what I did where I actually failed, spent six months and I mapped out an online course. And when I say fail, it's not a fail, but it isn't what I wanted it to be. And so I spent six months writing, organizing and scripting an online course called find and follow your soul's purpose. And I legitimately have OCD. I had 11 guest experts and it's, it's like 25 hours of content too much. And it's so like it's everything into a point where people are just like okay that, like that's that's i'm overwhelmed and that's where people actually shut down so now what i do is i actually create courses and i'll have a little bit of content in there and then i build it to exactly what they need so i was just kind of giving that suggestion to our so for those of you who weren't sure what we were talking about it is like a beta testing program and you're right the suggestions I'll always tap in and do that. And the word constructive criticism and feedback, I I just don't take it personally because it just allows me to grow. But I know some people do get sensitive to it because they've put so much time, energy and effort into things. So my advice to attach to yours mirroring that but It's just not taking it personal because we're all growing like the moment we think that we've got it figured out you're losing like that's where I will say you're no longer going to be good at what you do because you're getting ignorant to the opportunities of what can really happen there. So I I love that you shared that and that's such great advice for those starting out and even for those looking at scaling in the pivoting journey as you had talked about the curvy imperfectness that it really does create now. I, I always like to kind of tap into this and just make fun of myself and, and just see what kind of funny stories you have. But what would you say is the funniest, like mom or entrepreneurial fail you've ever had that you can kind of chuckle along and like what's maybe happened in your journey that
1: others might relate to? I would say it's probably consistent. I don't see typos till it's too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I probably can share lots of, of, um, um, small and they're not horrible i haven't had anything that's been utterly horrible but um i almost feel like it's uh, you know the universe telling me something so i would say that um in my mom entrepreneurial journey I like, use your family for their expertise if you have a child that's really good at of uh seeing what goes r- proofreading for you and you're not pull them in. I have a kid who's really good at, you know, kind of testing the tech for me. He's my tech support, right? And so I guess that would be my thing is I'm, my boys are a little older and I've pulled them into the journey. When I've done conferences, when I had my summits where we had 350 people, I had them come, even though, was, you know, 98% of the room was women, moms and Women and made them stand up and they were totally mortified, but it was fantastic because it was part of the journey. And I think it's so important as moms to have your kids know what you do more than um, On top of being mom so that the definition of being mom is actually all these things included imperfect typos for sure. um, But growing and helping others not just within the house because i'm just circling back a little bit preachy but circling back is don't separate those roles throw all those roles together mom entrepreneur You know, amazing podcaster, whatever that is. So that's what they see as a mom and a woman for your daughters to believe that's what they can grow into and for your sons to want to marry those amazing women and, um, and, and be fathers to those amazing women. Because as you shared earlier, like we are multifaceted and we're throwing all those things together and they can be distracting from our path or they can just be part of the path, make it part of the path. That's so true,
0: so good. The fact that you admit to, to like the grammar mistakes, I am also like that. Like I wanted to do the Hunger Games mom salute to you where it's just like, Girl, I feel you. I've actually downloaded an app and you might like it too, but it's called Grammarly and I have it on my phone and I have it on my computer and it catches everything, Like not just words, but it actually catches like where you need commas and everything. And I'm like, yeah, for everybody who's ever seen a spelling mistake, it's gone through both of those, me and Grammarly (laughs) to get through to you. And I'm just going to say, sorry, not sorry, because it's just now at that point
1: what I do, but Whoopsies (laughs) (laughs) I try I promise I try I even have in my email out to folks that I'm like you know I time is your most precious resource as it is mine I don't know why I don't see the typos it's not like it's filled with them but they'll almost always be one and you know I know that I'm not your person if that's going to glare at you right and I've had someone admit that that is like they are 90% less likely to tune into someone who has a typo I'm like okay I'm not your person you know, I have great things to say and I'm practical and I believe in, you know, solving the problem. So part of solving the problem was me to, I'm going to download this Grammarly. This is a great tip, yeah. but you know, live and let live in our imperfect journey, right? So you and I can follow each other just fine because I will, I'll laugh at your typo and move on. And ditto to you, hon. ditto.
0: cuz like a hundred percent. A lot of times people think it needs to look perfect. I actually shot an email out to my list and it was just like, hey, somebody, you know, sent me a notification about like five spelling errors in the last thing that I just did. And I said, cool beans, not fixing. And I wish you a blessed day. And I was just like, if this is something that really bothers you, I'm going to be really annoying. You could click unfollow or you can laugh with me because right. I'm going to have a coffee cheers over here and just move along. Like I don't have time to worry about that. So like you, time is my biggest asset. I will take time over money any day because as, as somebody who just really wants to suck in all the enjoyable aspects of life, it it is something you can't get back. You can always earn more money, but you can't get those moments back. So love your messaging. Love what you've shared. I would love for you to just, you know, give one last message of whatever you would like to share with our listeners. And I will be sharing that opt-in freebie that she's given us because there's so many things you guys can learn from her. I'm already just juicing it in as much as I can, but what would you like to share to them before we let them go?
1: I would like to share that, say, give yourself a pat on the back. Wherever you are, you're doing a good job. Wherever you are, we can all always improve. And why would I say improve? Make friends with time. Time is on your side. Figure out how to use it well. Take the tips and tricks from our conversation today. Um, And if you have a chance, go ahead and download that freebie. It's It's about eight pages, and it walks you through the steps of how to kind of plot out your day to get the best results for you. Why do that? Because we live patterns. So you're living a pattern right now. It may or may not serve. And what I'm saying is tweak it. You don't have to overhaul the whole thing, but tweak it. And with those tweaks, you will get higher productivity, less stress, and definitely higher life satisfaction. And who doesn't want that, right? So if it makes sense for you, come and follow my little messy journey. I promise the typos aren't totally distracting just once in a blue moon but they'll be there but I'm human and I'm imperfectly so and I would love for you where I'm always up for giving a riff on a conversation about communication um Enneagram if you like Enneagram I love it motivation time whatever it is just this whole belief that we have one life to live let's make it sweet I love that where can they find you I want to make sure that everybody can find you so the name of my company is sailors, like a sailor on the high sea. So S A I L O R S sweet life, right? Sailor sweet life. And that is SailorSweetLife.com to find my website or just at sailor sweet life on, uh, Facebook or Instagram and, uh, pretty much this is one of those habits I'm trying to make. Talk about, you know, a roadblock as I'm trying to go live more on it because it's not a natural place for me, but I'm trying to share little tips and tricks real quick each day um, to provide us each with a little bit easier path forward. So go ahead and follow us. It's all complimentary. Love to have you come part of the community. Love that. Thank you so much for joining
0: us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Hello, okay, so we vibe with our tribe. And I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy, celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest. And I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm. very honest, and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again and have a great day.